the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back. So good to be back here with you live and local on 710 KNUS. Saturday night, good looking day. What a beauty it was. Just now starting to turn a little bit dark. It was blinding sunlight when I rolled in here about 15 or 20 minutes ago. Just love the way Colorado plays with us. 52 degrees in Aurora, 54 over there in hell, always a little bit warmer in Denver. And um, that weather's going to stick with us for the next couple of days at least. And I, for one, am very excited about that. Now, I only need the weather to hold up till about Wednesday because I am on my way to CPAC. One of the great benefits, fringe benefits, of working here at 710 KNUS or just being in radio in general is sometimes you get credentials to get into these great events like Western Conservative Summit and CPAC. Been going out there year after year since coming over here to 710 KNUS, and I really do love it. Donald Trump will be there. Ron DeSantis will be there. Nikki Haley will be there. I wonder if any of these um, lower-level candidates will be invited. I I tend to doubt it. About three weeks ago, we had uh, one of my dear friends, Steve Laffey, former mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, uh, ran for Senate out there, got taken out by Elizabeth Dole, who was then chair of the I remember it was I don't think it was the RNC it may have been the National Republican uh, Senatorial Committee at that time and um he ultimately decided that he wanted to go west young man and he packed up his large family and his beautiful wife and came out here to Colorado to raise and educate his kids on a working ranch that he purchased and he has dealt with some family health issues and all the things that uh, tend to show up in our lives. So really hasn't been involved in politics too much. Made a movie uh, about, um, I forget the title of it now, but it was uh, it was really about, he just he drove across the country with a camera and interviewed Americans from state after state after state talking about the state of the country. And uh, it was great. He's brilliant. And um, we had him on about three weeks ago. Because at that time, we thought he was the first challenger to Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. And uh, and it was a great interview. You can go back to the, what would that be, th- three weeks ago, be February 4th, I guess. And uh, you could grab that podcast if you're interested in hearing about our local presidential candidate, Steve Laffey. But tonight at 7 o'clock, we're going to have on the person that it turns out, not Nikki Haley, not Steve Laffey. The person who it turns out really was the first person to throw their hat into the ring and file their papers and officially step in to challenge for the Republican. Donald Trump was the first. So this was the first challenger for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. His name is Eric Borner. I know nothing about him, have never talked to him. Uh, was happy when uh, the folks who are running his campaign reached out to me several weeks ago, and we were going to have him on a couple of weeks ago, and 
turned out not to be a live show and whatever. Um, we've got him tonight at 7 o'clock. I hope you'll stick around for that. The safe injection sites are making their way back into Colorado. You may recall that uh, Peter Boyles and Stephen Tubbs and Mark Crowley took off for Vancouver and uh, other parts where these so-called safe injection sites have been in place for a while and, and just documented the tragedy and the destruction and the death and the misery and the uh, the just it's just blood and guts if you look at the video of these places and uh, I really do believe 710 KNUS was almost solely responsible for creating the energy and the enthusiasm to make sure that that uh, those safe injection sites didn't show up in our legislature a couple of cycles ago and I can't think of um, of Barbie's name what's the uh, she's now the eighth congressional district. Uh, she's the congresswoman from the 8th Congressional, married to, uh, what's his name, Ian Silveri. Can't think of her name. Anyway, we stopped her that time. She went off to Congress where, uh, you know, with a Republican majority, at least for now, she can't do too much harm. But uh, those safe injection sites are coming back. Our good friend Joy Overbeck, who writes often for townhall.com, longtime activist, and a fairly regular guest and sometimes caller into the show here on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran um, is not going to take it lying down. So apparently there's an opportunity to testify and, and push back and at least put into the – you know, there's no way to stop Democrats in Colorado except with pressure, except sometimes by exposing them to the risk that when they pop up for reelection again or with their leader, the great and wonderful Oz – or uh, Polis – and his presidential aspirations, maybe, just maybe, with enough light shined into their dark souls, we can stop some of these things from happening. But um, anyway, we'll hear from Joy about that. We've got a wide open hour tonight with you. I will be back tomorrow guest hosting for Backbone Radio. Always enjoy interacting with that audience. And it takes a little of the pressure off for tonight trying to get in just as many things as I can. Because whatever we don't get to tonight, we can pick up with... Uh, on Backbone Radio tomorrow. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Kind of an update. I uh, opened the show last week talking and thanking people for all of the warm prayers and well wishes for my wife who uh, had gone in, had been, we took her to the ER because of prior issues she's had and they said don't wait because she was having vertigo and uh, during her testing for that, they discovered two brain aneurysms. And we talked about that a little bit just briefly last week. Not not for sympathy, because, again, we're, we're living a great life in so many ways. It's not a death sentence. But to say thank you to everybody who texts me on my phone or reaches out on social media or at uh, at these different meetings like the RNC or the uh, Colorado GOP chair race that uh, the first forum, or at least the only one that I've been to that happened earlier this week, just so many kind people coming up. They listen to the show, you listen to the show, you reach out, and I appreciate it. So just a quick update. We are really feeling like we are covered. We're covered in prayer. We're covered in medical support. We now have people we can consult with in New York and Washington, D.C., Texas. Uh, we've got our first, uh, not... Uh, 
uh, neurological referral here in Colorado, uh, someone that we're happy with. And uh, so we feel like we're going to get to the bottom of it. Heck, Tim Watt, you know, one of my friends from Cenogenics, along with Dr. Julie McCallan, Dr. Tim Watt is a former brain surgeon. So we feel like we're we're covered, that whatever can be done will be done, and uh, and my lovely wife will get through this one as well. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of it, I, I think I told you a couple, two or three weeks ago that we were so excited our fourth grandson was on the way. And we know he's a grandson already, so it'll be four boys. We're figuring out what to do with uh, half of the upstairs of our house now. And then just last Monday, it was announced that grandchild number five is on the way. And so, you know, the vertigo scared us. It got us into the hospital, but that's where they found out there were these brain issues. Now everybody is stepping up and saying, you know, there are things you can do with these blood vessels, these aneurysms, and uh, making us feel better about that. And in the midst of all of that, you've got grandchild number four and grandchild number five on the way i i just i just have to get this kind of stuff off my chest with you because you are so warm and supportive and i thank god and i thank you and everybody for all of the good that comes along with some of this bad stuff that happens and you know it's just part of life so we are feeling good we're excited five grandkids and man what three well i guess our oldest is now had just turned four last december so five grandkids in, in less than five years, pretty darn cool. All right, I've got my Let's Go Brandon hat on, and so I want to um, share with you just the unbelievable wisdom, the foresight, the absolute brilliance of the fading, touchy, feely, dangerous, damaging, putative president, commander-in-chief, creepy, sleepy Joe Biden. Yeah, that's, I'm going to stop that one. That is just, um, I, we were, I was concerned about that, and, and Lewis was right. It's no good. Uh, but that's where Joe Biden is asked whether he's reached out. Will you flip that page for me? If he reached out to um, to the mayor of uh, Palestine, Ohio, and I'm always it's I always struggle because when I lived in Ohio, Arlington Heights, the town of Palatine was right next door, and I was in Palatine. One of the the world's largest mall was built there until it wasn't the largest anymore. Uh, Woodfield Mall, I think it was, in Palatine. So, But it's Palestine, Ohio. And what he was saying there, he was asked if he reached out to the mayor. Have you reached out to the mayor, dummy? These people are suffering. And he made this dumb comment about uh, he couldn't remember what the mechanism was, that he reached out to some of the townspeople or the some officials in town, and then he remembered it was Zoom, and then he made some really stupid comment about how he, um, every time he heard the word Zoom, that it reminded him of some song from the 20s, Zoomin'. And it was funny, except, man, that jet or helicopter or whatever the noise was behind it makes it almost impossible to hear. But I've got one more just in celebration of my Let's Go Brandon hat. This was Joe Biden's answer when asked specifically, not 
as he's getting onto a plane or a helicopter, not around all that noise, but in a specific interview about reaching out to the mayor of Palestine, Ohio, after this horrible and really, as seems to be usual from COVID to now, uh, massively increased by government intervention disaster in Palestine, Ohio. So do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall that. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. I've talked to both the senators, both, both governors. I've talked to everyone there is to talk to. And we've made it clear that everything is available. Well, that's really good to know that he's talked to the senators. He's talked to both governors. I, I didn't realize that we had two governors in Ohio. That, that's unique in American politics. But he can't remember if he actually spoke directly to the mayor, the, the person closest, you know, at the top of the food chain right there in the city. And someone who's been all over media. I mean, he's been he's been very strong in asking for help. He was there when Donald Trump came. Of course, it really took Donald Trump to show up there to force the Biden administration to do something public for these people. And uh, I (laughs) the first thing that the media did, of course, when Trump announced that he was going out there and as he was coming was try and blame it on him. They tried to make it sound and look like Donald Trump was the uh, reason that policies of Donald Trump caused this train wreck and oh he reduced safety regulations absolute lie as usual so anyway i I can't this new this next election can't come fast enough last thing i want to do before we get to our first break is last week in the first hour of the show um we had my good friend john eastman on he's a constitutional attorney And uh, under fire, of course, for simply providing legal options to um, what the Congress can constitutionally and legally do in deciding whether to accept electoral college votes. And, of course, because he's tied to Trump, of course, because he had the guts to, to stand up and speak truth about options, about what's legal and what isn't, what's constitutional and what isn't, he has been absolutely pilloried. And so we had him on last week to talk about, uh, well, we never actually got to his uh, bar challenge. The bar, the California bar has gone after his license, and he responded with a 100-plus page, uh, just detailed response showing them why and what what he did and why they're wrong and why he didn't violate any code of ethics or anything else. And, um, and part of the reason that we had him on is because uh, my former friend Peter Boyles was constantly talking about how the interview that John did with Peter was some kind of a setup. Uh, Peter wound up making a comment about uh, seeing Bigfoot uh, when it comes to affidavits. Eastman took offense and hung up. And for weeks, apparently, we've been hearing about that call. I think it was a setup. I have reason to believe. I have proof. <laughs> you know, there was only three people that can uh, could have made that happen. That would have been his current friend, then me, and his continuing friend, uh, Chuck Bonniewell or John Eastman. So obviously, that was nonsense. 
So uh, when we did the preparations for the show uh, this week, I thought about what, how I might handle this whole thing. And um, here was the promo that we made for today's show. Hey, everybody, Randy Corcoran. Last week, we took out some trash regarding my good friend, former Trump attorney, constitutional scholar, John Eastman, joined us. If you missed it, grab the podcast at 710knus.com. This week, the RNC Presidential Debate Committee voting on a loyalty pledge. Any debaters must support the nominee. Will Trump sign it? Should he? Plus, Nikki Haley was not the very first Republican challenger. It's Eric Borner. We've got him Saturday. Wake up with Randy. All right. The, the most important part of that is the beginning. Hey, everybody, Randy Corcoran. Last week, we took out some trash regarding my good friend, former Trump attorney, constitutional scholar, John Eastman, joined us. If you missed it, grab the... Well, Peter had something to say about that, and we're going to have some fun with it. When we return, 522, wake up with Randy Corcoran here, 710 KNUS. I wonder if we'd get in trouble if we just played a whole song sometime. It just, it just sometimes feels really good. Do love me some Aussie. All right, it's 527, Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. We'll jump on some calls here in just a second. Uh, you heard in that promo that I played, uh, that the, I guess has been playing this week before the show, or about the show, that uh, we'll be talking to the very first challenger to Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for president of the United States at seven o'clock. His name is Eric Borner. Looking forward to that. Know not a thing about him. We will learn together. We had Steve Laffey on about three weeks ago and thought he was the first at that time, but it looks like Borner actually got in a little bit before my buddy um, Steve Laffey. We've got Nikki Haley and uh, really nobody else yet. The talk, of course, is DeSantis, Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, number of other people. And what about this new guy, Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, young guy. Gosh, I think he's just barely old enough to run for president. And uh, he's just brilliant to listen to. He is not talking about politics. He's talking about culture and America and teaching people why America is and was and if we fight hard enough, can continue to be the greatest nation the world has ever seen. And um, and I've got to say, I would think for young people, especially this guy is going to be very attractive. But, you know, how will he play? How, how will the gravitas, very successful man, but how will the gravitas play out when he's, if he turns out or he man, manages to get on a debate stage with Ron DeSantis, with Donald Trump, with Mike Pompeo, I'm sure his, you know, he'll be like Trump was in 2016. I'm the outsider. I'm the non-politician. Really going to be an interesting presidential race for sure. You also heard from that promo that um, the RNC, Republican National Committee, we have a debate for new listeners. I'm the Republican National Committee man from Colorado. There's one in every state. And so we're a voting member on the GOP's. National Committee, the RNC, Republican National Committee, and we have a debate commission. And one of the great things that Ronna McDaniel did last term was pull us out of the presidential debate committee control, where these guys have set up the moderators and set up the locations and set up the, the dates and, you know, just all of it. She said, no more. It's lopsided. It's unfair. Not going to do it. And pulled us out. I had no problem. Uh, voting for that. And I think it was an overwhelming vote to pull us out of there. And I was very glad to see that happen. 
So now the debate committee on the RNC all week and for many weeks, we've been talking about this for a number of maybe not a ton of months, but uh, multiple, multiple weeks requiring a loyalty pledge, a loyalty pledge from anyone who wants to take the presidential debate stage. They've got to sign a pledge that says win or lose at the end of the day, I will support the Republican nominee. And so, of course, when the word of that got out, I started getting questions from all over the place. Um, I've got an email that I use for my committee man email. It's rbcfor Colorado, rbc for Colorado at gmail.com. And I know, I know I got to get rid of all the Gmail addresses, just never have the time, but I will. In any event, people, the first question people have is, will Trump sign that thing? Because Trump has already said that he won't necessarily support the Republican nominee. It depends on who it is, which seems like a pretty smart position to take. On the other hand, you know, we were while we were fighting in our primaries here in Colorado, we were sort of mocking the old guard establishment Republicans who were saying, you know, if um, if Ron Hanks or Tina Peters, if they wind up winning the nomination, we won't support them. When for the decade plus that I've been involved as a political activist in Colorado, we have been basically ordered, hey, you grassroots slobs, you Tea Party brainless non-thinkers, have your fun in the primary. And then when we manipulate uh, Tom Tancredo out of the race and when we bring in big money and, you know, on and on and on and our establishment candidates become the nominees, we expect you to get in line and vote for them. That's what we've been told. And I know it's been going on for a lot longer than the 12 or 13 years that I've been involved now. So uh, I think it's a fair position, though. Look, that's what the primary's for. And win or lose, sometimes you get lucky and you get somebody you really love in there. And sometimes other people disagree and your candidate does not win. And so especially as RNC National Committee man, I have had to um, take the position and I, and I feel pretty strongly about it. There are exceptions, but pretty strongly that once we have a Republican nominee, heck, I got behind Joe Day, who I admire as a person and like very much, but uh, was not impressed as, a, as his positions as a candidate just so contrary to the um, to the Republican platform and, and the pro-life stance that is so important to so many of us. Uh, Pam Anderson with her connections to CTCL and Zuckerbucks and her really inability to or unwillingness to go into any detail answering the questions about that affiliation. And, uh, and then just a, a nothing campaign. I never saw or heard, I don't know that she raised much money, or spent it, but you just never heard about any real significant events for her. And yet, especially as RNC committee man, I was encouraging everybody to hold your nose, vote for Republicans, because, you know, as Mike Rosen has said for decades, once you get down, and this is probably a very poor paraphrase, but once you get down to the vote, it's your guy or the other guy. And the other guys so often are so bad, you've got to at least be smart enough to try and stop them if you can. So the question is, will Trump sign this pledge? And I've heard a lot of different takes on it. Well, he won't unless DeSantis gets in because DeSantis is his only real competition. Well, he won't because it'll set him apart and he can generate his own media attention and all that. 
And I, I just don't know. Nobody's talked to me about it from the inside. Uh, seems to me like it would be smart to sign that pledge and be on that debate stage every time. Of course, seems to me, if you're Trump, that it'd be awfully smart to start utilizing your 90-plus million followers on Twitter as well, and he's refused to do that. So who the heck knows? But uh, what do you think? Will Trump, will he sign that pledge? Should he sign that pledge? 303-696-1971. I'm going to get to calls in a second, but I do don't want to get out of this segment without finishing up the brief conversation about uh, my good friend, the beleaguered John Eastman. So one more time, have a good one, Blake. Thank you. Um, one more time, here is just the beginning of that promo that's been running this week. Hey, everybody, Randy Corcoran. Last week, we took out some trash regarding my good friend, former Trump attorney, constitutional scholar, John Eastman, joined us. If you missed it, grab the podcast at 710knus.com. This week. So apparently that did not go unnoticed this morning. I'll leave you with something. This John Eastman thing has been so upsetting to so many people. Look. Very few people have gone from relative obscurity to becoming a public pariah as quickly as John Eastman has. And Eastman was is an odd character, former Trump advisor. He finds himself now deeply uncomfortable in this well-deserved position of being the most reviled lawyer in, or one of the most reviled lawyers in America with, you know, Giuliani and Jenna and the Kraken. But... Things that were said, I guess, here, I don't know. Um, one other thing you offer, there's a guy named Eric Hirschman, who was a, another White House attorney who was so taken back when he discovered what Eastman was involved with. And he said to Eastman, he said, you know, the best legal advice you're ever going to get in your life. And he says it to John Eastman, get a great effing criminal defense attorney. You're going to need it. And Eastman told Rudolph Giuliani that he decided that he should be pardoned. He never got the pardon, but he was right to be concerned. Why do you think Eastman and Trump and the rest, maybe someday in a very soon amount of time, you'll see that trash taken out? (laughs) Oh, I just love it. I By about 1230, I started hearing, well, only a couple of people, but I started hearing that, uh, man, you got to hear the last five minutes. So as soon as the podcast went up, I went and listened and pulled off that clip. And there's just a couple of things that I want to say. Um, first of all, John Eastman, relative obscurity to a public pariah. It's a guy who clerked for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. So one of the founding members of the um, constitutional jurisprudence public interest law firm that works with the Claremont Institute, which is a, a phenomenal historic institution, uh, published author and Supreme Court opinions that have made a difference in the world, who was uh, one of Donald Trump's lawyers and and uh, told the truth about a, a host of things, as we will hear and uh, so obscure, I, he sure wasn't obscure in the legal community. He sure wasn't obscure to me, even before he became a friend and then even a colleague. We worked together on and, and uh, tried the effort last year to close Colorado's primary, and we were tossed out of court because the Colorado State GOP 
refused to sign on as a party, even though we'd raised the money, even though we put did the work and had everything ready to go and have a beautiful lawsuit. I mean, it'd be easy to update and refile again. Uh, but the party would not join, and that's what uh, Judge Kane, Federal District Court Judge Kane, hung his hat on in saying that uh, that we had to go away. So, um, you know, Ob- Obscura is kind of funny. Odd character? I, I, he's a geek for sure. I mean, he's just so smart. Uh, doing, Watching him process uh, legal ideas and concepts and spit them out on paper or talk to people about them is just fascinating. And, uh, and I've learned a great deal from being around him. But the reason that this is important to me, every radio host, every radio listener, everyone with a pen or a computer or a social media account or a microphone or a camera has the right to their opinion. And if, if all I had been hearing for weeks and weeks and weeks was an opinion about this guy's bad, he's going down, he's... He violated the law. He's going to jail. Whatever. Time will tell. People are entitled to their opinion. The only reason that I got involved in this little soiree is because what we were hearing, and I heard it repeated when I listened last week several times, that the interview between John Eastman and Peter Boyles was a setup. That's it. That's the only reason I responded last week. And am finishing up the response this week is because there was an accusation that somehow um, we, Chuck Bonniewell or me or John Eastman set up Peter planning to hang up, having no idea what he was going to ask or do or anything else. And that ticked me off because that's a flat lie. That is just a, a, a gutless thing to assume and to put out there. And I had to put a stop to it. And that's all I did. I, I don't really care about other people's opinions. Time will tell. And I love how things are playing out. Um, I heard Peter in that clip mention the crack. And he's talking about my friend Sidney Powell, another attorney who was very prominent during the immediate aftermath of the 2020 election. And I don't know how many of you know this. But um, in Texas, the Texas bar filed suit against Sidney Powell, and they wanted to take her license or sanction her just like they're trying to do in California. And so, you know, you better be careful what you ask for, because Sidney Powell responded and uh, she would she was charged with six ethical violations arising from election fraud lawsuits that she filed on behalf of electors after 2020. But she said, no, thank you. I will have a trial, please. And so they did full discovery. Sidney Powell produced more than 55,000 pages of documents and a massive privilege log. Privilege log is something that says, hey, I'm, in, I'm required to tell you that this information may exist, but I believe it's attorney-client privilege or covered from, by, with, under some other legal protection and should not be turned over to the other side. When you submit the privilege log, then a judge looks at it and says, okay, I may want to look at this information, and then I, the judge, will decide whether this is protected by that spousal privilege or attorney-client privilege or whatever the privilege being alleged may be. Executive privilege could be as well. And then I, the judge, will decide if that gets turned over to the other side. 
So in response to the Texas bar alleging six ethical violations against Sidney Powell, she pled not guilty. And that's really the wrong term for um, this isn't exactly a, like a criminal trial. But she said, no, didn't do that. You're going to have to prove it. Produced 55,000 pages of documents and a massive privilege log. And on February 22nd, what is that, three days ago, the Texas judge on motions for summary judgment, which means we didn't even have to go to trial, on a motion for summary judgment, the Texas judge applied settled law and held that the bar, the Texas bar, had no evidence as a matter of law that Sidney Powell violated any rule in her four election fraud cases. And uh, I looked at the order. It's only about four pages, and uh, but it's very clear. It's basically you got nothing. And so Sidney Powell, the first time something was actually fully adjudicated with regards to her, was vindicated. And I expect that we'll see a whole lot of that as the years roll on. But bottom line for me, and I apologize to the callers, we'll come back around on the other side and make sure we get anybody and everybody in. 303-696-1971. Yeah, I'm just, time is on our side because uh, people who've had their lives and their heads immersed into all this um, understand what happened in 2020 and what didn't and what's provable and what isn't and what should have been heard and wasn't, what was stopped on standing so facts never got in front of a court all of those nuances that seem to escape so many out there who seem to just take joy. And, you know, this applies obviously to the radical left, take great joy in the suffering, the financial, the emotional strain and stress that occurs with this lawfare that's going on. But yet we have a country at stake. And so we're going to stand up. We are eventually going to win. And, uh, Piece by piece, time by time. If you if you doubt me, you take a look at the Fox News v or Dominion v Fox case that's going on, and discovery that uh, was released and produced where Dominion executives, including Eric Coomer, talk about the vulnerabilities of their own machines, talk freely about it to themselves. So, a piece at a time, drip by drip. Um, the truth will come. Anyway, we'll get to the phones. I'm sorry for the long spiel and the late break, but uh, we'll get right to your calls when we return. 710-KNUS. Somebody texted me the bumper music for this segment. Let's see if it plays. Aretha. Well, it's it's called zooming. That was the point. We never really got to play the Biden clip zooming, but because uh, there was just too much background noise. But thank you for that, Carol. That's very thoughtful. Text messages coming in. KNUS will let anyone on air. They must be desperate. Oh, wait, then it says, LOL, (laughs) on a serious note, I'm glad you're on air. 
listen to your shows forever. Thank you very much for anonymous texter. I really do appreciate that. And then listeners will never let me get away with anything. I appreciate the corrections every single time. Uh, CD8 was the new district that was formed, and a Democrat by the name of Yadira Caraveo won that district race over Barb Kirkmeyer, the Republican who sponsored, co-sponsored a bill to get rid of your caucus and basically try and strip the greatest opportunity for grassroots activists to influence the political outcome and the political um, action that's going on prior to any election and uh, beat her by basically the margin of the libertarian vote. I think it was 1.6% or something like that. And everybody says, oh, the libertarians cost us that seat. No, I'd say that the Republican candidate should have done better and gotten 1.7% more, wouldn't you? But anyway, the correction that was sent to me, I was struggling to remember who uh, brought us the so-called safe injection sites before. It was Brittany, Brittany Pedersen, and she actually became the Congress critter beating Eric Odland in CD7. So thank you guys for the corrections. And, uh, oh, I did promise we'd get to some calls. Let's see who's been waiting. Eric. Oh, this think this is the great American, Eric. Eric, how are you? Hey, my brother. God bless you and your beautiful wives. Thank your you. Your wife. Thank you, sir. I got prayers, um, you know. We've been so, for her, I so much abundance has come to us. As a result of it, she's very public about it, which is why I decided to go ahead and share it last week as well. So, but it, it comes back tenfold and it's very, very um, affirming. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, sir. Gotta, go ahead. Got to say that first. Yeah. Oh, and then on a lighter note, I always wanted to say this on air because uh, I told Billy Thorpe, you know, that I called Peter Boyle the 10 minute man. <laughs> Remember Mark Levin only gave him 10 minutes? Okay. I'll let that. Okay. <laughs> remember that interview? Yeah. Okay. Let's, and, let's move. Let's move on. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I do remember uh, the Mark Levin interview. That was in, That's interesting that you bring that up. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. 10 Minute Man. That's what I call Peter Boyles. But, All right. Um, I digress. And the reason why I called Young Man is because my dream team is obviously Trump president, Ron DeSantis Vice, okay? And my second dream is to have the great John Eastman to one Sunday, you know, come in and take over the great Matt Dunn's show for a nice segment, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> well. I think that would be for great radio. Well, I don't know that John Eastman is a radio person or would be interested in something like that, but... Uh, um, I would love for you, Kelly Michaels you, you to should. just, I mean, uniformly to do that, because, I mean, that would be... Can you imagine CNN, MSNBC, CBS, <laughs> ABC? True. I mean, my God in heaven, if, if it was set up in the primary way That's to funny. where... It's a setup that John Eastman is going to be on 710 KNUS on a Sunday. Oh, my God. That's That hilarious. would be so much fun. Well, Eric, I think you should apply for, to be assistant program director and uh, and see what you can do. with. The, I will be doing Backbone Radio tomorrow night, so you'll have to just deal with me. But uh, but that's a, that's a wonderful idea. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I want to grab at least one more of these calls before we get to break because everybody's been holding so long. But thank you so much. 
All right, let's go to Joe in Arvada. Joe, welcome. Hi, hi, Randy. Hey, Randy, it's that good Joe. to talk to you again. You too, uh, man. You know, what do they say? The truth will out. Yeah. Sidney Powell and and John Eastman are outstanding human beings. They've um, American patriot fighters through and through. They stand for the truth. Th- that is something that you know. Regardless of what has been said by talk show hosts, it just can't be denied. They, they, it, what will happen eventually is anybody who follows Sidney Powell realizes what a great American she really is. And and the the idea former that fed, you would former federal, her character. Joe, former federal prosecutor oh. who wrote a book who called out the deep state long before we were ever even talking about a deep state within her own office when she got out on her own. And uh, I've spent a lot of it's time with her. Day now. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time with her. She's smart. She's tough as nails. And uh, I'm just so glad to see her fully vindicated by the Texas bar. Hard to believe that uh, John Eastman will have the same results by from the California bar. But I think that's, you know, it's like somebody getting attacked by the J6 commission. It's uh, it's a political issue, not a fact and law issue so often these days. That's what lawfare is all about. That's so obvious, yeah. uh, especially in places like California. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, here's the thing. I forgive talk show hosts for this because it's just radio. It's supposed to be entertaining. But what I don't forgive is this slight on our country. These people are fighting in the trenches to save us from communism. And if anybody now doesn't understand that's what's coming, they better get it, you know, their, their, their light turned on. I, I, you know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is we have to stand up. And when you think about Sidney Powell, everyone on this radio station better think about this. There, when you look in the, the dictionary for courage, you'll see Sidney Powell's picture. Wait, here, and, and she's standing up for us. And Joe, here's the thing and from my perspective. If they were all wrong, if... If I was wrong, if all of the things that I know prove to be wrong or I can't think straight or I'm I'm blinded, I'm in the Trump cult, it's a deep religion, every single one of those people is doing what they're doing for the right reasons, not for self-aggrandizement. It doesn't make you money. It costs you money. And they're standing up because we know there's a problem in our elections. We know our country is on the verge of collapse and we're not going to let it happen on our watch watch. And so for at the very least, uh, people should be commended for their courage and for putting their own asses into the ring and taking the slings. I'm with you all the way. I forgive you, Peter Boyle, no, for no, no, making no. a <laughs> no, no, a no. big mistake. Let's not. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't like the accusation that we set him up somehow. That's all. He's entitled to his opinion, and I don't care about that. But Joe, I pre- it's good to hear from you, man. It's been a long time. I uh, take care. The Bless mute- you, Randy. All right. We're not going to have time for any more calls. The music's in the background. I wish we did. Um, Everybody on the line, maybe what we'll do is we'll ask our 6 o'clock guest, Joy Overbeck. We're going to talk about these safe injection sites. 
Nancy Palazzi was kind enough to correct me about Brittany Pedersen and CD7. And it's coming back to Colorado. Uh, but maybe we'll keep her, uh, hold her off for a couple minutes so we can get rid of the rest. Or, you know what I mean. We can have the rest of these calls. Anyway, a couple minutes to go until 6 o'clock. Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS Hour 2 is next. Don't forget, we've got a presidential candidate, the very first challenger to Trump in the 7 o'clock hour. Stay with us on 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 